Disclaimer, all views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guests, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. Welcome to Tony's Sporting Lounge, a weekly podcast that for one day covers the weekly news in sports and topics from various major leagues. Kick back, relax, and enjoy the third annual sports episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Tony's, well, I guess, Sport Lounge now, as you heard in the intro. That's right, it's the third annual sports episode of Tony's Game Lounge, and joining me first, as always, he's been here for each of the sports episodes, it's my boy Johnny Flatters. Good to be here, as always, buddy. And joining us for the third sports episode, he's been on some regular episodes, but here to talk sports, it's Nick Nielsen. Well, happy to be here, buddy. This is more a little bit more my element, but uh, I'm still happy to come on anytime. It is, it is, and I remember, I, I believe it was like New Year's. Uh, we were talking about the sports episodes, and you're like, you would love to be. I, I, we were talking I'm like, I would love to have you on in one, and here we are now. Well, I'm glad it worked out. I am too. Uh, how you boys doing? It's been a good, like almost half a year since we last spoke. For me, man, the days are getting longer now because especially uh, up in northern BC, like the sun is out until about 11, 11.30 and then it's up at like 3.30 in the morning. So <laughs> a bit of an adjustment, but at the same time, like I'll be I'll be out doing stuff where usually you're kind of chilly at 8 in the morning and I'm mid- middle of the day warm. So I'm getting used to that for sure. I'm pretty good on my end here in Saskatchewan. We're similar daylight hours right now, but we're kind of in the middle of storm season. In fact, we had... Earlier today, and if you hear some weird noises in the background, it's because we have another storm that's passing through later on. Oh, but we've had lightning, thunder, hail, and a bunch of rain in the last couple of weeks here. So been out on the golf course a few times, but other than that, uh, just been kind of relaxing and having a good time in the new place. So, yeah, us here in Alberta, which uh, now saying it's like we got th- three of the, three of the western provinces here in Canada all in one room. Uh, represent, represent, um, but uh, we ha- we just got out of a, a extreme heat warning, and now we're getting so we've been getting a lot of rain recently. But honestly, kind of nice after the plus thirty degrees we were getting here Celsius, of course. If you're one of my American listeners, because that's how we do things in Canada. International, Tony. International. Um, but hey, if you're new to our sports episodes and you've never listened to one before, go listen to the first two. They're great times. But this is where we talk about sports. Um, it's one of the few things that I kind of have a grasp on, but I always like to learn more about. And they're just it's it leads to some dope topics. And starting off with our pre-game topic of the day, we're talking the NHL because, of course, what goes better than with, than, with Canada than Canadian hockey and just hockey in general? Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more, buddy. And what a what a play what a playoff season that we are getting so far with the NHL. Um, Montreal. I want to start talking about Montreal because they've done what they haven't done in like according for what I read like it's been like at least ten ten or so years since they've done this seven straight wins. There's something Huge. when you get on a roll like that. Like I mean. It kind of reminds me of back in my junior days. You'd you'd see a team who may be going into the playoffs. A lot of teams are writing off, but then as, if you get a hot goalie like they do with Price, and then you get a couple of guys that 
um, that score that don't usually score. You don't need four, five, six goals a game. So they're going to start to build on this confidence of, hey, our goalie can stop anything. All we need is one, maybe two guys, you know, that never usually score, start to score. Boom. All of a sudden you've got uh, the whole league kind of opening their eyes. And, and I think that's what's happening with Montreal. Now, being a Western Canadian boy, it's uh, I'd, I'd rather see, you know, the, the Flames or, I mean, God forbid, the Oilers going a little further. But, <laughs> hey, you know what? They're, they're Canada's hope. You know they, what? They I, are. I, I, I'm I'm going to speak to that as well. I am a Canadian. I am. I bleed red and white. I love this country <laughs> like none other. But I will not cheer for the Montreal Canadiens uh, for any reason ever in my entire life. I don't. I can't bring myself to do it. But I will also acknowledge that I think these guys are a lot better than everybody is willing to admit. I've seen a lot of people lately saying that they're not a good team. You know, Toronto blew the series and Winnipeg blew the series. Doesn't happen twice in a row. And you've got. A fantastic goaltender like Carey Price, which, yes, he's, I, you know, I think for a long time he's been considered the best goaltender in, in the league and in the world. Maybe the last couple of years, yeah, he's taken a bit of a dip, but he's get, putting his name back into that conversation with how he's playing right now. He's absolutely on another level. He's confident as can be. He's got a great group of in front of him. He's got some experienced vets like Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, and of course the big guy at the back, Shea Weber. Also, I can't forget about Joel Edmondson because that guy's a fantastic Game 7 record. I think he's got like four Game 7s under his belt, and he's 4-0 in all of them in the wow. playoffs. That doesn't happen very often. But, you know, you've got lots of experience in guys like that, and then you've got young guys like Nick Suzuki, like Cole Caulfield, and uh, Kasperi Kakanyemi here who are all stepping up like crazy and showing that they are these skilled forwards and it's it's the perfect storm for a team that you know I don't think it's going to be as much of a blowout in this third round as everybody thinks it will be I don't expect them to get to the cup playoffs yet but I think people got to throw a little bit more respect towards the Canadian division than they have been Mm -hmm, absolutely um but then on the other coin of that respect to the Canadian division let's uh look at Toronto who blew a three-game lead well first (laughs) first off as an, an again, as a Western Canadian boy who's you know always had to play second fiddle to the Ontario you know <laughs> pedestal that that they've built for hockey out there, and um, it's it's a little bit. I mean, it sucks. You you gotta feel bad for those guys, and I mean, I, I feel more bad for my boy Cole Parkinson. I oh, feel so bad for Cole because <laughs> he's a Leafs fan, true and true. And you know, see them up three, yet three one basically is is a good feeling. And then just to see that taken away game by game by game, and, and in the way it happened too. I mean, yeah. like, just two overtimes, um, and and Montreal has been. I don't know how they shut guys down like Matthews and Marner as well. You know, you lose John Tavares in a terrible way in the first game, yeah. which that comes as a blow to the team. But, you know, it, it looked like a year where the Leafs, e- even with the whole Canadian visions, not as good as everybody else thing that's been going on around the NHL all year long. Toronto was still a contender going into this, even though they were in the Canadian division. They were still the one that I think people were giving some respect. And to see it all fall apart like that is almost heartbreaking like i'm not a leafs fan i'm a i'm actually a detroit red wings fan which i'll 
I hate admitting that right now, but I just did. Um, you know, seeing that happen for the Leafs, that collapse, it's 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 both hilarious because it happened to the Leafs and also like, are you kidding me? This happened to them again. Like it's also sad. It's it's hilariously sad. Yeah. Oh, and you know, it, it reminds me, I think it was at 2014 or 2015, that epic collapse against Boston. I remember yeah. watching it with my buddies. Like I had come home from work and the game was already on and my buddies were like, Oh, it's looking bad for Boston. And we thought, okay, well we sit down, we get comfortable. All of a sudden it starts to feel like there's a game going on. I think it was three goals uh, in the third period. And then yep. I don't think they even had to take it to overtime. Toronto collapses, but that's the thing. And it, it'll go well to Calgary as well as we move on, but you can't build a team for the regular season and expect it to win in the playoffs. People don't get it. People don't understand or appreciate it, but the playoffs is a completely different game. And so it's guys crazy. like like Gaudreau, like Monaghan, who who are more skill, more perimeter guys, they're not going to they're not going to shine in in the playoffs. And so you look, you know, let's take a guy off of Montreal for example, Brendan Gallagher. He's always 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 involved in the play. He's always right in getting pushed into the net, pushed into mm-hmm. the goalie. He's not afraid to go to those hard areas. And that's why I think he scored a goal in the the clincher against Toronto. Yep. But I mean, you got to have guys like that all the way through your lineup, not just, you know, an Austin Matthews that if you get a power play and, you know, he gets room to dipsy doodle and no one's allowed to touch him. Yeah, he's going to make a nice goal. But hey, if it's Tuesday in November, that's easy. If it's, you know, Saturday night game four of, you know, the second round, guys are guys are going to not let you get away with as much. So. And, and and you mentioned Austin Matthews. I don't want to make it sound like he wasn't effective at all during that series because he did have one. He only had the one goal, which you expect a guy like him to score more. But in the first half of that series, Matthews was still contributing to the team quite a bit. Like you could see every scrum. He was in the middle of it. Guys were trying to get under his skin like crazy. And he's sitting there smiling. There was a real great picture. I think it was Joel Edmondson had him behind the net and had him like halfway pulled down onto his butt and that by the by the collar of his jersey and he's got this big grin on the side of his face because he knows that they're trying to get in his head and it wasn't working and then all of a sudden he just that just disappeared game four all of a sudden it was just like what happened to that he's not disrupting play anymore and he's still not scoring you know he was effective in the start because he was drawing attention and then all of a sudden the canadians realized well if he's not scoring like we don't need to do anything to him. We can focus our efforts on other ways too. It was interesting yeah. how they shut him down. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, looking now, moving to the West. Um, I, I, one, I want to add this uh, about the Oilers and the Jets. I kind of find it doubly ironic that both teams got swept <laughs> respectively in the playoffs. The Jets sweep the Oilers and then Montreal sweeps the Jets. Yeah, that was <laughs> wild. And Extremely. Go ahead. I think the, the weird thing is, you look at. Oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say <laughs> you, you can't. <laughs> you can't have one guy be the guy, no matter how good he is. Like you take Connor McDavid; he's the absolute best player, blah blah blah, in the league. But who does he have that plays at the same speed as he does? Who does he have that plays? the mental game at the same rate that he does. And so I think what you found was, boy, by the end of that first series, every time they look at McDavid, he's so frustrated because he's got nobody to help him. And <laughs> as a as a Calgary guy who loves a good rivalry, there's nothing like watching Mike Smith, who kind of 
bad talked the Flames going into playoffs, making the classic Mike Smith mistakes, giving up, you know, easy goals to the other team. And and in the end, you know, not being able to stand on his head like like he probably wanted to. So, I mean, again, it's tough for us Canadian hockey fans to have put up with that. But, but as a Calgary boy, it was a little bit of salt in the wounds for those Edmonton guys. <laughs> you know what? You notice the two teams that come out of the first round in Canada. Uh, you know, everybody thought it was going to be Toronto and Edmonton. I, th- I don't think there was very many people who had uh, a Winnipeg versus Montreal final. And I think there was, wasn't much for people who even thought either one of those teams would make it through. But, you know, the no- you notice the difference between those two teams is when you're playing a seven game series, grit means so much more, you know, guys who are strong guys who can uh, push the play and push guys around a little bit and aren't afraid to get into corners and aren't afraid to get in front of the net and battle for those loose pucks and get those gritty, ugly goals. It makes a big difference in the playoffs. You have a couple days off between games and, or sorry, in the, in the regular season, you're not facing the same team every day and you're play, getting a couple days off to travel and practice in between days and stuff like that. Playoffs, that goes out the window. You are the same matchup, same team uh, every second night. And yes, this season was a little bit different with COVID-19 and stuff like that, but still there was a little bit more rest and relaxation for the guys than there is in playoffs. And the games mean more. You need guys who have compete and aren't afraid to do a couple dirty things here and there to get the win in the game. And that's what Montreal and Winnipeg had that Edmonton and Toronto just didn't. They needed a guy like Brad Marchand and they just don't. Oh, he had been perfect for either of those teams <laughs> or a guy, like you said, uh, Brendan Gallagher, like even a guy like him on Edmonton or Toronto, you know, th- second, third line makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. He was born in Edmonton, too. So, hey, there might be a little hometown connection there. He could have a (laughs) a little extra boost if he did ever play for Edmonton. But I think he's enjoying himself in uh, La Belle Province. Yeah, I think he's doing okay right now. Uh, Moving, uh, quick thing I want to talk about Vancouver, uh, mostly your guys' thoughts about that whole team basically catching COVID. Uh, That was wacky. Well, I know the the big story, and of course, like Vancouver is one of those cities where they love a story that has nothing to do with pucks and sticks and skates, <laughs> and like they love excess stories that that are reality TV esque. And I think what happened there was one of the wives of one of the players, or maybe a girlfriend of one of the players, uh, went on a podcast and was kind of talking about how oh, it's so hard to you know, have to quarantine and all this stuff. And I'm not able to go out because my boyfriend or husband or whoever has to sort of follow this strict bubble thing. And then before you know it, like a couple of days later, 13, 14 or eight, you know, guys get COVID and, and all of a sudden people are starting to point back at the wives and going, well, hold on. Are you guys doing everything the right way? And of course there's Vancouver for you when it's hockey part, isn't going that great. Or I think at the time they were doing okay, but they'll do anything to to look for something to to stir up uh as well a kerfuffle and i think <laughs> i think it took away from what could have been a pretty good season mm-hmm. and Very i think so. yeah i i really think the the coverage around that and stuff cuz the one the few times he heard the players actually speak about it i i can't remember who it was i want to say it was one of the defensemen with the with the canucks i remember specifically him saying that you know media is blowing this out of proportion of what it actually is like it's not really all that bad 
guys aren't as sick as it's making everyone's making it sound and um we're not having to quarantine for forever and everything like that like there was a uh, there was talk when they first all got uh caught with COVID-19 that's that's sounds weird like they got caught with something illegal when they got <laughs> diagnosed with COVID-19 I guess they were caught with something illegal even though a lot of drugs are legal. I mean marijuana was first legal in like Vancouver yeah <laughs> but like funny stuff there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of conversation <laughs> that like they might not be able to finish the season what happens if they can't finish the season what do you do with all those extra games and it was just like no they're gonna quarantine for a couple days and then We'll figure it out. Like this was yeah. part of the plan at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be hectic. They'll, but they'll quarantine. We just, they re- rearrange the games. Yeah. Um, in the end, it was pointless because it didn't make it with the Flames, and they played just some pointless regular season games where the playoffs happened. But and of know. course, the Flames had to win like two out of the last three so that they push themselves up in the draft rankings because they always do. <laughs> yeah. It's either they make the playoffs, lose out first round, and have you know a sixteen to an eighteen. Uh, overall draft position or they just barely missed the playoffs but they were terrible all year but they find something in march april and you know they play themselves out of a good um farm pick or a good draft pick it's as a red wings fan the good uh, spots in the draft lottery don't mean a damn thing all right (laughs) we get screwed over every year i think this is the first year in like five years the red wings haven't moved down in this draft uh rankings we had first overall pick or first first odds in the draft last year and we end up fourth with the fourth overall pick the year before that i think we were fourth we dropped down to sixth and yeah that's a whole rant that yeah. I could go on. anyways uh, uh, and uh last team-based uh thing on the nhl before we uh i ask you guys some predictions on the rest of the season the calgary flames see what a season they uh well they fire Head coach, what it was Brad Living who they fired. Am he's I... still there. He's the GM. Oh, they he's had the GM. Dale That's Fuller. sorry, but they they fired their old coach, and now we have Daryl Sutter back with the Flames. Or was it Bill Peters? Or there was a guy in between. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeff Ward was the guy. Ward. That's that's what it is. That was that's who was after uh, Bill Peters. He I gotta say, Tony, I'm impressed. Actually, I know you're not normally much of a big sports guy, but you're well researched, buddy. I'm well researched because of this radio station I work at. Uh, and all the sports I listen, all the sports news I cover, because I work basically the hour-long sports show on the station as well. Huh. Well, I'm impressed, buddy. I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't, wasn't sure what to expect coming in, but you're doing fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, we get Sutter, and he's taking the team into it, takes the team to a new direction, tries some new lines, and all of that stuff. And then come end of the season, he doesn't want to take much responsibility for how the flames ended up well i think it was lucic had a really good at the end of the season kind of like a post-mortem about what happened and he said you know he pointed he pointed to his temples and he said our problem was up here he goes we three four years ago there'd be you know it's a 2-1 game in the third and the flames would be pushing it into overtime or find a way to come back from two goals down to scrape out a point even um, and this year, it was the the complete opposite. They would play themselves into a hole and then fold up like a cheap tent. And I know, you know, I'm always hard on Monaghan Gaudreau because I'm a defenseman. And so I expect the forward that's getting paid 10 schmil a year to score a goal a game. But <laughs> I know Monaghan was hurt towards the second half of the year. And so, you know, you start to say, when when did it happen? When did his play drop off? But another guy, Gaudreau, just was happy to get the... You know, it's 4-1, but I'm going to score to make it 4-2 with a minute to go. And that was kind of all the goals that he got. 
he, he might get the opening goal now and then, but most of the time, our our big guys, when they were scoring goals, it was, ah, you know, we need a goal or to make it a competitive game instead of to bring us forward or bring us ahead or, or to push us over the top. So, I mean, we just didn't have enough jam. Yeah, yeah. you know, Calgary was one of those teams that this whole year – yeah, you know, I, I, I think we kind of, I, I think most people, and I don't know what your expectations were being a fan of them, but I think for, you know, for most people outside of that area, kind of expected them to be a bubble playoff team. Like they might be able to sneak in, might not be able to, that kind of thing. And realistically, you know, that's a team that one or two hot streaks away from, you know, eclipsing Montreal and making it in the playoffs. And we're not even talking about Montreal at this point either, right? So, you know, it's definitely a bit of a disappointment when you don't miss the playoffs, but I think that's a team that is still moving in the right direction. And I think a lot of teams in Canada right now, maybe except with the exception of maybe Edmonton and Vancouver, I think, are all kind of moving in the right direction. I think Vancouver took a step back from where they were expected. And that way, I think they're expected to be a lot better than last in the division this year. And Edmonton, I think everybody expected to be at when you when you get swept first round in the playoffs, I think that's a disappointing season nonetheless. But I think Calgary, at the very least, took a step in the right direction this year. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. The big thing is, what are they going to be for next season now? Like, what's going to happen? What trades are they going to make? Who are they going to keep? What do they want to be? Well, it's a team I, that doesn't have an identity right now. Exactly, like, yeah. They're... You know, are they a big gritty team? Not really. Are they a big, high-flying, fast scoring team? Like they've got some guys that can do it, but not really. Like he, he, and I, I think having Daryl Sutter there will give them a little bit of an identity if the guy, if players can buy in. Like I honestly, I thought at first that there would be a pretty good uh, pickup for them because he's a notoriously hard coach to play for. He is the kind of guy who isn't afraid to give his players a little extra crap and stuff like that to get them get, get a fire under their ass. And if players can continue to buy into that next year, great, but I don't know. And, and you're a Calgary fan, Johnny. So if you're, uh, you know, if I'm way off base here, you feel free to let me know. Cause you probably follow the team a heck of a lot more than I do. No, I think you're, you're pretty much bang on like the, 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 the experience Daryl brings with, I don't know how many decades of coaching he's got, but he also played for so many years and he's, he's kind of one of these guys who gets it at a different level than a lot of coaches, which is, it's interesting because he's super old school and he doesn't really, he kind of plays not dumb, but he plays a little bit simple, but he's operating again at a, a lot higher level than people give him credit for. You know, he's, he's the, the, the farmer on the truck that coaches hockey, but he's, really smart literally um, i'm trying to remember <laughs> there was a uh, i think it was jones the goalie martin jones was playing for san jose la was playing san jose maybe six seven years ago uh jones was a young goalie had just finished the game got a shutout in his like first playoff start and daryl goes up to the podium and he goes you know we can't put anything by that kid what a absolute stud he's he's the best now this is the opposing goalie he's talking about so all the reporters are going what the hell and then he goes, he, he, he leaves like a five second silence. And then he goes, a lot of pressure though, for a kid that age, <laughs> a lot of pressure. And he just plants the seed of doubt. And I think the, the Kings ended up winning because they were more experienced, probably a better team, but little things like that, that Daryl knows how to do. He knows how to use a, you know, a post-game press conference. 
to fuel his team. He knows how to light a fire under a guy's butt. I think he did it with Gaudreau this year. He, he moved him off of a line and, and then Gaudreau finally woke up a bit. So he, he's, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully he stays for a while and imparts some of that Daryl work, uh, you know, that rural Alberta show up, do your job. Um, and, and don't whine about it kind of mentality. You know, the way you said that it kind of brings a comparison, but I think it's a little bit more out there. Um, and, and the sound, this will sound like a bad thing off the start, but it almost sounds a little bit like a Mike Babcock kind of style of coaching where, you know, we, there, there's a lot of rumors about mind games and things like that with Mike Babcock. Obviously he seemed to have taken things too far, but, uh, Sutter's a little bit more open and blunt about the mind games that he plays, you know, yeah. the, like, for example, what you're talking about with the post-game press conferences of planting that seed of doubt of taking a guy off a line, you know, Babcock used to do a little bit of things, a few things that were underhanded and a little bit personal, like keeping Mike Medano off the ice and playing his final game in reaching a thousand game mark or something like that. And when he was playing in Detroit and other things like that, little mind games that were personal, but uh, you know, Sutter, there's a purpose to what he does. Everything he does, there's just a little, there's a reason for it. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. calculated. Yes. Um, don't, because I don't want to make this all hockey. Uh, last thing before we move on to world's talk real quick, who do you think is going to win the Stanley cup this year? The only thing I think is that unfortunately the Canadians are not going to be the cup champions. I just unfortunately have a bad feeling. Those, those Colorado avalanche look real good. If they're able to get through, if not, Vegas is a stud team with with a ton of speed and four lines that can play. Mm-hmm. So, and Vegas is leading that series three uh, two now. Yeah, with a game yeah. tonight. To, uh, with as we're recording this, it's Thursday before the the game between Vegas and Colorado. So that that series very well could be over by the time you're listening to this. But yes, so um, stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I've had my money on a team. I. Colorado or the Golden Knights, they were the two teams who I were con- I was convinced that one of those two teams was going to win the Cup this year. Um, I actually, in my draft, I think the only guys I have left now are Avalanche. I think I went hard on them. I got five of them um, out of 15. And they're starting to scare me a little bit. But honestly, I'm starting to gain a little bit of confidence in the New York Islanders. Ooh. After... The way they played against Boston and also there's a storybook ending there. I mean, it's the last year they're going to be in Nassau Coliseum. The If you've watched any games there, the atmosphere there is unlike anything I have seen ever. You can feel what it's like to be in that building while you're sitting in your lazy boy at home. It's crazy. Like, it's just so loud and they're playing above their grade right now and i and i think a lot of stanley cup champions in the last few years have been teams like that where you don't look at them through the regular season and go these guys are going to win the cup but they're going to make a solid run and they're starting to play above where that that was like that whole east division to keep in mind was just absolute murderers at the top the pittsburgh penguins battled through so much adversity adversity a bunch of injuries and they go on an eight and two run at the end of the season. 
to take first place in the East. Washington Capitals, of course, absolute monsters of the team as well. The Boston Bruins, they played like crazy during the playoffs. They were great throughout the regular season. And it wasn't far away from the, the end of the season that the New York Islanders were also the top team in the East as well. Like that top spot in the East changed hands so many times. Even the Flyers in sixth place had it at one point. And which they had a monumental collapse this year. But the Islanders, I don't know, there's something about them that's gotten me, getting me to start to kind of believe that they might be the ones who sneak out with the Stanley Cup this year. The funny thing about this year has been it was so hard to judge, right? Because every yeah. division played their own division, so you couldn't really tell, like, oh, this stud of this division against this stud of that division. Let's see who looks better. It was really tough to judge. That's where. That's why this third round of the playoffs is going to be so exciting. Like, these are literally matchups we have not seen all season long. And yeah. now we're like, now it's Islanders and Tampa. Like this is a matchup we have not seen since 2019. Yeah. <laughs> like it's insane. I can't wait for it. It's going to be so much fun. We have Ed or we have Montreal and I don't know who it's going to be. It could be the golden Knights. It could be the avalanche, but either way, it's going to be fun. And I yeah. think, I think, don't get me wrong. I think either Colorado or Gold or Vegas is going to go to the Stanley cup this year. I just don't think that Montreal is going to get walked over. Mm-hmm. No, but they're, gonna up, they're definitely going to put up a fight. I have that. I have that series going to six. Okay. Okay. That's my figure. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to worlds real quickly and briefly, um, because we've been going for half an hour already, almost <laughs> uh, the worlds happened and Canada took gold um, with a lot of, with a poor start, but then taking some games back and then the right teams winning at the right times for them, they were able to barely qualify and took the whole thing thanks to their star for the team, Andrew Majapani of the Calgary Flames. Love it. <laughs> I knew that was coming. What a what is wow! I can I honestly that's it, that was it was crazy. Like well, that the, whole thing. the fun the fun thing as a as a Flames fan is when you see a guy who's young start to you know like you come in without a name let's say you're not Monahan not Gaudreau not uh, Kachuk you have to really you have to develop yourself and become a household name at least in your city and I think from the very start people in Calgary recognized how hard Manjapani works they recognize that he does all the right things forechecks hard backchecks with a purpose. And it makes the rest of his game look maybe better than his quote unquote skill level. But because he's doing everything right, he's he's not having to take shortcuts. And so he shows up on your screen and you go, oh, wow, what a hard work play. Oh, wow. What a smart, you know, what a what a good teammate play. And so it's awesome for a guy like that. I, maybe a, an under the radar player for the Flames, getting that confidence, that that. uh uh, affirmation or confirmation that he belongs and and I can't wait to see what he brings back to the flames. Yeah, it's definitely going I definitely look forward to seeing some of that. Um and lastly, um the Women's Worlds Championships are coming to Calgary after they got uh originally they were set for Nova Scotia. Um but uh COVID stuff kind of restricted that so they're coming to Calgary. Uh you guys going to be looking at that at all? I know, I know the like. I know the the ladies were not pleased when the the Halifax and Truro can- tournament got canceled because I think at the time they were in the middle of their quarantine. Like it wasn't like, okay, they have to fly there then start their quarantine. The ladies were some or all were there doing their quarantine, 
granted, you know, it's COVID, you have to make concessions. But for, I think on the women's side, they really had an issue that this is, you know, the, the, the highest level for women's hockey, we should be making the uh, protocol or making the decisions so that the tournament goes on, but we do everything, you know, the NHL can go on for a whole season and whether it's a bubble or, you know, hub cities or whatever. And I think the ladies had a real good argument in why the hell can't we play? Um, you know, why can't we come up with a COVID plan so we can play? Uh, but at the, at the end of it, Calgary is a great place to have that tournament, that, that wind sport, the arena is a really cool facility. So, I mean, it, I feel bad for the, the Eastern Canada because that's a lot of money that would have come in for that tournament as well. But again, as long as the ladies are back playing, I think it's a good thing. Well, and I think part of that animosity too, was this was somewhere, I think, I believe this was around the time that the NCAA, uh, basketball tournaments were going on as well. And there was an issue there too, because of the training facilities that the men got compared to the women and That's that the right. men had a full gym that they had access to and everything. And the women had literally a weight rack of like up to like 50 pounds worth of dumbbells. And that's about it. So yeah. there was already a sexism in sports conversation going on around that time. And the fact that, you know, the men had their tournament go ahead and then, you know, and it's right after the world juniors went ahead too. And that's another tournament that, you know, there's a lot of press around a lot and it's a, you know, another high level of hockey, not um, the highest level of hockey for what those kids do. And that I, you know, the NHL's that era and for the women to, to at the highest level to kind of get shunted like that, you know, I, I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and rightfully so, but yeah. at, the, at the same time, I'm happy that they got uh, some, they got something together and are able to make something work. And Calgary's hosted a ton of events already throughout this pandemic. Like um, the, the curling events that were, on curling, in yeah. Calgary were held so well and done a bang up job that, you know, when you see that uh, this is where that tournament's going to go ahead, you know, the women are in pretty good hands here and you know, that tournament's going to run absolutely smoothly with how everything that's run through Calgary has ran so far. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay, and with that, we finally move on to The Week in Review. The Week in Review, a look back at the top headlines and stories in the world of sports. Where this time around, we got some sports and gaming news for you. And we're going to kick it off with the sports news. Uh, some of the stuff that I was able to grab from the past week and a little bit beyond as well. Um, New York Knicks, uh, Tom, fuck, names. <laughs> Thibodeau. Thibodeau, thank you. He was named Coach of the Year for the second time in the NBA. Uh, and uh, we also have NBA Round 2 matchups going on. The Suns, who wiped out the Lakers, are up against the Denver Nuggets, and they are also up in that series right now after taking out the Nuggets, uh, beating the Nuggets uh, game one. Uh, Utah Jazz and LA Clippers are up against each other. The 76ers and the Hawks and the Nets and the Bucks are also playing against each other. And honestly, I have my eyes on the Suns. Both me and my brother do. Like, I think they're the team that's going to take it this year. I'm not going to lie. I have not paid attention to basketball since the Raptors have been out of the playoffs. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about as fair weather a basketball fan as I can be. I'll, I'll straight up admit to that. Fair enough. I think, 
Yeah, I think for me, all, the only basketball I've really paid attention to was the. I think is is are the Lakers out now? And they are LeBron, out. The Suns LeBron, took them out. Did LeBron first fake a shoulder injury, then get up, then walk into where the kerfuffle was, <laughs> then yeah. fall down again? In again, a shoulder injury, but he couldn't stay on his feet. And then didn't he leave his bench like with five, six minutes to go in the clinching game? I don't even I, know. Honestly, I had heard, yeah, I heard like about and he also didn't shake hands in the lineup uh, after the game as well. I know that. Which Come is a on. LeBron thing to do. It I, is a LeBron I have to zero, do. I have zero love for that guy, just for all the things that he does that are very me. It's all me for him, which, you know, I get it because basketball is so different from hockey where one yeah, guy yeah. can be the guy. and But for me... And I think he might have a bit... He probably has, like, a bit of an ego on the court because he is, like... One and of the best right? players he is in the league. Guy, yeah, but I just I hate the way that he goes about it. Yeah. yeah. Now, now speaking know, of LeBron, I, I have a love hate relationship with LeBron. James. Yes, there's things he does that I love, and there's conduct on the on the court that I don't like. As uh, now speaking of LeBron, Space Jam Two, a new trailer dropped yesterday. Day of recording this yesterday. And I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I just wanted to talk about the first trailer when I put it in here, but a second trailer dropped, and yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to Space Jam too. Not gonna lie, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. I I loved the first movie like none other as a kid, like to the point. Or here's the thing: I we're just talking about how I'm a fair weather basketball fan. Uh, I watched Space Jam probably at least twice a month growing up. Like wow. I loved that movie, and I I even had like a commemorative coin that I lost somewhere. Oh I used yeah, to the coin that my, came with the VHS tape. Yeah, I used to keep it in my hockey skate for good luck, which wow. makes no sense whatsoever. But I loved that movie like none other, and <laughs> I don't know. I remember like it, it's weird seeing seeing it kind of like somewhat realistic looking like Lolo looks really weird to me because they went 3d with things, but I haven't seen this new trailer yet as I don't know if LeBron is probably, I, I would guess LeBron's a better actor than Michael Jordan, but I mean, I mean, I, t- the movie will tell us that yeah. honestly, let's, let's be real. I'm not expecting the greatest acting performance from LeBron James. Um, me and my brother have made predictions, and we've already made the prediction that instead of you know how Dan Aykroyd comes in at the like the third, oh end, yeah, third third well, period. Not Dan Aykroyd, that's uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah, I mean, Bill sorry, Dan Aykroyd's the joke though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Murray comes in. We're almost like one hundred percent. It's going to be Kevin Hart. Oh, hmm. that would be, I, I could get I could get on board with that. <laughs> I want Bill Murray again. I'm sorry. It's uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think Bill Murray would be a lot funnier because he's an old man now. It, it would be penile. so much funnier if that was my the case. Favorite, I don't know if you've ever heard my favorite Bill Murray story is the one where apparently he walked up to somebody in a fast food restaurant. Have you heard this one? I don't. He walks know up to some some couple at a fast food restaurant, looks them both in the eyes, steals a fry, and eats it in front of him. Just goes, "No one will ever believe you," and then just walks away. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I don't uh, know if it's true, but I hope it is. I kind of hope that is too. That's a great one. I believe uh, 
uh, baseball. The MLB has derived a lawsuit that would have prohibited the All-Star game from being held in Denver instead of Atlanta because they moved the All-Star game to Denver for this year. Uh, because of the Georgia voting law that Republicans say will improve election integrity and Democrats are considering to be voter suppression. So they moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta and there was a whole lawsuit over that, but now it seems to be taken care of. But yeah, kind of wild that happening. That's one of those ones yeah. like, I don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole because like the, you, you can't be right no matter where you go because on the one hand... The city of Atlanta just lost out on again an All Star Weekend. One of the big, yeah, one of their money. biggest sources of income. Yeah, but then and, the other, on the other hand, you have to realize, hey, like I, I don't know enough about the voter laws or whatever. The I tried to look into it, and my eyes glazed over. But um, overall, I don't know enough about it. But it sounds like <laughs> it doesn't apply to sports, maybe. But. Uh, ah. I don't know. It's one of those ones, like I said, I don't like touching with a tin. Yeah. I'm not Here, Here's what, here's what I'll say about the whole situation. I, I'm not a big fan of sporting organizations getting involved in politics. I get why they did it. I'm not a big fan of it, yada, yada, yada. But to your point about how much money that costs the city of Atlanta, um, just to put it in, into perspective here in Saskatchewan, actually in the city I was just in, in Estevan, before I moved here to Kindersley, um, Estevan's hosting the Centennial Cup, which is the junior a championships basically right there's a bunch of championships that go on in between every league in uh, all across canada and the champions of those league come together they play a tournament and they crown a champion across the country um there is the the centennial cup in estevan a town or a city of just under uh, twelve thousand people i believe right now um is that's revenue that's going to bring into the city was something I want to say along the lines of like a couple million dollars. And that's for a town, that's for a city of 12,000 people and an event that will have at maximum about 2,200 people in the the rink at a time. Now you move that to a baseball all-star game that is a full weekend and would have, what what would this stadium in Atlanta hold? Probably what? 40,000 people. Is yeah, that around 40, 45, probably something along those lines? Around those no, lines, more yeah. than that, right? Or uh, here, let me look. It either up. way, either way, way bigger than what the Centennial Cup in Saskatchewan is going to be here, right. and a full weekend ticket prices are going to be bigger. You're going to have uh, lost revenue on hotels and restaurants and all that stuff around there. That's a big loss for the city as well. Like one event like that makes a huge impact. Yeah, forty two thousand, forty two thousand five hundred. That's the, I was closer than I thought. Very yeah, like that was a good a, a good ballpark a good ballpark guess. Aha. <laughs> um, and lastly, in the sports world, briefly want to talk about this Logan Paul and Floyd Money Mayweather. We're gonna get into this in a little bit in my topic. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, that happened. Um, since since Nick's brought that up, then we're gonna talk about that later. Yeah, uh, we'll cover we'll talk about that a bit more. Yeah, during when we get to our topics then what but, a world uh, we live in though right? what a, <laughs> it is like what a world that uh, happens and then is it today like jake paul want to fight mike tyson no uh, he, uh canelo out Al, Al, or yeah it was canelo wasn't it he's uh, calling out now who is uh, another one of the greatest boxers of all time okay if, if jake, you know what i hope jake paul fights mike tyson <laughs> i hope he, i hope he does 
Actually, no, Mike Tyson's too nice of a person now. He probably wouldn't knock him out. I, I don't know. Mike Tyson gets into the ring and all of a sudden, like, his whole persona changes. And that's just... fight he had with Evander Holyfield, as much as it was slower and two old men fighting, boy, did Mike Tyson still look like he knew what he was doing. He looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's coming up later. Yes. Um, moving on to the game news. Uh, first off, there was there is a huge live stream um, going on for Summer Games Fest. We're covering that next week in our E3 extravaganza, where we cover everything from E3 that will ha- be happening this weekend or this past weekend when you're listening to this. So stay tuned for all of that in the next episode. Um, as for just some regular gaming news that we had, uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine has been renamed. Uh, it's a Rainbow Six Extraction for obvious reasons. Neat. Uh, Ballad Wonderworld news. Um, after that game flopped hard from Square Enix, uh, Yuji Naka, who was a former Sonic develop former, I think it was like director for the Sonic games, who went to go direct this, he's left Square Enix and is now considering retirement. Which, yeah, because the last couple of games that he's touched have not come out great. So I watched uh, Video Game Donkey's Ballad Wonderworld video. video yeah. Wonderworld. What even was that game? I don't even know. Like, I think it was trying to be Mario Odyssey in a sense. Well, it definitely was because it stole a lot of stuff from it. Yeah, it was trying to be Odyssey. But of course, it was. they're like, oh, but we can't make it too obvious because then Nintendo will sue. And Except then music and, half this game. Yeah. It was bad. It was really bad. Um, in some indie game news, a group of indie devs have come together to raise money for Palestinian aid by submitting their games for the indie bundle for Palestinian aid. And you can pay five bucks for this bundle. You get access to over like a thousand games. Um, wow. I think it's like it starts at five bucks and I think you can get tiers for more and more games, I, th- I think. Um, and they've raised like 400K for it so far. That's uh, really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I didn't know. I didn't realize how many p- p- game, indie developers like took part in that because it's like a lot of stuff. And I'm like, it's good. It's if you love indie games, grab it because there'll never be another deal like this ever, probably. <laughs> um, in PC port news, no more heroes one and two are getting ports coming soon. Uh, in the worst game in the world news, Rick. Rick specifically from Rick and Morty is coming to Fortnite. Is he pickle? That's Rick? real. Yeah, and he, no, it's he's pickle not Rick? pickle Rick. Oh, but that'd be way better though. I feel like yeah, it would be. But... Rick, the whole point of pickle Rick is just to go mess shit up. Yeah. And if you're gonna go in a battle royale game where you're trying to mess shit up, wouldn't you want pickle Rick? Anyways, I, I mean, I feel like I, I think this is like we gotta start with Rick, but then we'll put in pickle Rick. But three yeah. years ago, I used to tell kids that I was coaching, like, oh, blah, 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 back home playing Fortnite. And they'd like, yeah, yeah, I play. Now I say the same joke to kids and they're like, that's an old game. That's like two, three years ago. No, it's still oh, going I, strong. I was coaching football last year and all, all the kids were still playing it then. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and some dice news. Battlefield 2042 had its reveal cinematic trailer released. And they have a gameplay trailer set for the end of E3 on the 13th. Um, and Overwatch is getting crossplay, finally. Which is cool if you play that. Um, for TCG news, 
Uh, Chilling Rain in the Pokemon comes out June 18th. It's getting closer and closer, so we'll soon stop talking about Chilling Rain. And, of course, in the OCG, Towering Perfection and Skystream are coming soon on July 9th. In Yu-Gi-Oh!, the Egyptian God decks come June 11th. King's Court on June 25th. Synchro Storm on July 15th. Cyrus Strike on July 30th. And the Animation Chronicle on October 1st. And... In Magic the Gathering and Dice is Right news, the next D&D book is going to be a crossover with Magic the Gathering, uh, Strixhaven, A Curriculum of Chaos. So keep an eye out for that. And for games that should be on your radar, there's only two games coming out next week because of E3. Uh, they both come out on Thursday for the PC. We got Rogue Book and Police Simulator Patrol Officers. I took <laughs> I took a look at some of the the gameplay for Police Simulator because it reminded me of uh, Police Quest from way back in the day, and um, I watched it. it you know, it, it looks kind of like Grand Theft Auto ish graphics, maybe you know a couple steps back, but your basic idea of like your you know your power wheel, you've got your handcuffs, your investigate, your you know chat tool bar, whatever it's called, but maybe a little janky, but I would give it a go. I mean, it is one of those simulator games, so they usually they don't look the greatest, but they actually play decently well. Uh, surprisingly, one of my favorites is uh, uh what is it called? Um, Thief Simulator. That's one oh, of my okay. favorites. Thief well, Simulator well, is hilarious. Yes, it, it really is. You have that. There's like cooking simulator. Um, there's now a power washing simulator. Where you is just, there like a oh surgery simulator too? Yeah, surgeon simulator one and two. I feel like I've watched kids like rage quit on that and it's hilarious to listen to. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but that's about Surgeon it. For, that's about it for the week in review and a good chunk of our video game news. It's now time to move on to this week in the lounge. This week in the sports lounge, Tony talks a variety of topics with his weekly guests. And John, we're starting with you. What are we talking about first? Let's talk a little F1. Are you guys? Uh, do you guys watch racing much or, or F1 at all? Or, or where that'll be a good place for me to jump off and see where you guys are at in terms of how much you watch it. So all I've seen for races, for the most part, I've been to, I think, one F1 race in my life in Edmonton. And I'm pretty regularly uh, at uh, local dirt track racing around uh, Saskatchewan here. But besides that, I, I don't have much experience in the racing world. Uh, I play Team Sonic Racing and Mario Kart. <laughs> um, uh, but like F1 style, I uh, I think Trackmania is kind of F1-ish a little bit. So I was watching a little bit of that recently. And I'm like, oh, dang, that's kind of F1 related. But that's really about it. I've never gone to like a see a real car race or anything like that so i'm very inexperienced when it comes to this that's good because so was i before the there's the netflix documentary and i have to suggest you go home i mean if you like sports and documentaries and all that but if you have the time go home and watch the series drive to survive i have i've heard a lot of good things about that series i've heard a lot of things about that. such a good job of production like the video is crystal clear like 4k the whole way through they've got really <laughs> good deep dives into what's going on on race weekend you know what fans won't even ever find out about um so the the documentary itself is really good to l- teach you the basics of how everything works but what makes f1 so interesting is it's like it's like a reality tv show with sports there's uh, it would be like if 
the Flames were competing, but then Gaudreau was also competing on his own. And he's competing against Monaghan, so he doesn't want Monaghan to win. So it's you've got teammates, quote-unquote, but they actually are competing against each other. And then you've got the company that's supplying them the car. They kind of want both guys to succeed, but they also want one guy to you know win the championship. So there's all this really f- interesting drama behind the scenes of who's your one, number one guy, who are you going to um, – develop your race strategy around who's going to come into the pits first and who's going to have to deal with the crappy tires kind of thing. So that much is fun just as a, you know, from a sports perspective. And then there's kind of, if you watch it, there's 20, um, 20 racers, which is too many. So you, you (laughs) focus on what you think you want to watch. So for me, it's, there's like three tiers. There's the top four teams like Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, all those, you know, the, the perennial favorites. It's like, it's three car companies and Red Bull. And then you've got like, yeah. you know, your middle tier companies. And then you've got like the bottom of the barrel, just they're, they're happy to be competing. <laughs> so, and once you learn that you don't expect, you know, you're not expecting Williams racing to beat Red Bull. Um, so you just get that out of your head and you watch the drivers and say, Oh my God, like that crappy car just passed a Mercedes. Granted it was, just for a couple of seconds, but it's kind of fun. And, um, but then I think the biggest thing this year has been more interesting than the last seven years. Cause, uh, Hamilton, who's the, like the superstar, he's won, I think six championships in a row, maybe seven. So it's been very unentertaining to watch until this year. Now Hamilton's had a couple of crappy races, his teammates doing bad. So their company, uh, Mercedes is, is in second place in the standings. So it's shaping up to be a really, really interesting season. And then the last thing you have to take into consideration is, um, the tracks. So like, for example, everybody knows about Monaco Grand Prix. It's probably the worst race to watch because it's a street and it's tiny. And these cars are like semi trucks wide at least you know there's not a a lot of space to to pass so then you have to watch qualifying that weekend otherwise you're bored to death so there's so many little things that go into it and the more you think you learn about the sport the further away you are from like the actual the the decisions they're making at you know light speed and all the information they're getting so it's just super the amount of money the amount of stress the amount of drama and then the risk reward like some of the crashes are insane so in in two years i've gone from not knowing anything about f1 to being like a a real following fan i woke up at five in the morning last weekend to watch both qualifying and the race my god so and and clear this up for me real quick like it's like nascar doesn't have the same thing where there's uh multiple people racing for the same team kind of thing right like nascar you're a team by yourself aren't you yeah it's like an individual with like their pit crew really and that's really like how i think at least i think that's kind of how nascar is kind of because i think they run off of like there it's either a sponsorship or a toyota camry or whatever it is like souped up and and nascar up but then it's you've maybe got an option between three engines or three car makers and then it's basically like you said the you know the the constructor not the constructor, sorry, the pit crew and the racer, and that's a team, I think. Yeah, and then the paint okay. job that's on your car to telling you who, who who they're driving for. Like, Oh, speaking of paint jobs, that is the best thing about F1 this year. Oh. I think every team has a sick, sick paint job on their car. <laughs> Probably my favorite is Aston Martin. It's like forest green, but kind of shiny and just real Ooh. slick. Oh, I do like 
green and slick things. Yeah. <laughs> that Nickelodeon, right. that Nickelodeon slime at the Kids Choice Awards. Ten oh, out. Yeah. Just keep. Okay, but if Nickelodeon's going to keep running some sporting events, like uh, sporting broadcasts, we need to get rid of that crap right away. Oh my god, have those been bad? You didn't like them? <laughs> I hated them. It looks so stupid. <laughs> I laughed. Uh, <laughs> okay. But I think okay. that's not it for. <laughs> I I just rambled on F one, and I I guess I mean for for the people out there that that maybe don't know i recommend hit hit the uh drive to survive documentary and then just if you like it just start to follow little by little and i mean you'll pick up more than you expect the the guys do such a good job on the broadcast that even if you're a dummy like me they'll give you valuable information so what a cool sport i did have a question i did have a question what's one of the worst crashes have you seen any crashes like live yet or um, right around, I forget if it was last year. It was when I was in school. I was at my girlfriend's house on a Saturday morning watching. It was qualifying, but then they have also the F two race day is the Saturday. So as I was watching, um, they were you know talking to Lewis Hamilton about the race coming up the next day, and then all of a sudden everybody's attention got drawn to this incident, and sure enough, a guy had died. I think he crashed into the right side wall and then his car sort of floated out into the middle of the lane. And then the next car just didn't see him, couldn't, couldn't react, hammered him. And then I think he died. But I think the most recent one, there was a really big fireball um, last year towards the end of the season. The guy was in this fireball for like 18 seconds, somehow climbs out of his car and they're putting out the fire and everything. And like, other than burnt, like shriveled burnt hands, he, I think he's driving NASCAR or IndyCar now. So he's, I mean, he's still an athlete, but I don't think he's ever going to get F1 car again, but there's a few, they've definitely done so much in the last 20 years for safety though. Mm-hmm. Definitely. On, the no- on the note of accidents with uh, uh, speedways and stuff, like I said, at the start of this, I do some photography at some of the dirt tracks around here and I've almost been hit by cars twice. Not by my fault. But it has been on driver error on both occasions. But, yeah. One missed one one missed me by about a couple feet, and the other one I was leaning. They had some big tractor tires at the top of the turn that um, they're meant there for safety, and I was leaning against those because it was a great angle to get photos. Cars coming around sideways, firing mud up into the air. Great spot. And uh, there was, I think, probably about ten vehicles on the track. And so I was taking pictures of the vehicles in front and what they went by. I looked down at my camera to see if I got anything good. I look up and there's a vehicle out of control coming right at me. And I went, oh, crap. And I took a step back and he slammed into the tractor tires, moved them back about four feet. If I was still leaning against him, I probably would have had both my legs broke. Oh, Jesus. My God. Good thing I wore the brown pants that day because it was... <laughs> a little sloppy. <laughs> a little sloppy. Oh, my God. A little sloppy day at the racetrack featuring Nick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, who would you say well, is... I'm going to take a look into F1, F1 racing, though. You make it sound pretty interesting, yeah, John. Yeah, it's you, definitely... You, you and the first episode of that show, it's Daniel Ricardo, this Australian guy. And he's just, he like, they did such a good job because he's fun. He's just, you know, happy joking around 
and you get into it and then you get on his side and then it sort of gives you a, um, a feel for his career up to that point. And it's like they just do such a good job of bringing you up to speed. And then, bam, next thing you know, he's the villain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who would you say the is your, yeah. one. Who would you say is your favorite racer? Ooh, probably Ricardo, just because he's so much fun. Like, I, there's a couple of guys that are a little snooty, a little elitist that I don't, I don't like that. But um, probably Ricardo is my favorite. He's just, he's always smiling, always having fun. There's a guy named Kimi Raikkonen who's like the prototype European sort of Scandinavian guy, just uber quiet, uber like to the point. People will ask him a question, trying to get a good answer, a quotable quote, and he'll just sort of give a one-word answer with a straight face. So he's fun, but I think probably Daniel Ricardo. He's a lot of he's a lot of fun to to root for. Nice, nice. That's 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 dope. Honestly, I I I've been told to watch Drive to Survive by a couple other people, and I really should get to it. But I'm being I've been bad at watching a lot of my shows recently because of video games. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it it's bad, but like I, I need to get back into watching shows because it's good entertainment, man. Uh, anything else you want to add about F1? Hmm. There's an off weekend this weekend. The next race is, I think, in France, which is a nice racetrack. Let me uh, let me pull that up for you guys so I'm not sounding like a doofus. <laughs> One's schedule. Isn't that oh. the whole point of us doing the podcast together? So we can- <laughs> Getting prepared? Yeah. All right. Let me look this up. F1 schedule. The next race is, I know, in France. It, uh, Le at La Cirque Gilles Villeneuve. Okay. Circuit. You said you weren't trying to sound like a doofus. <laughs> ah, oh wait, no, that's a Canadian course, and they're oh. not going to Canada this week or this year. Oh, Circuit, Circuit Paul Ricard. I'm sorry, the French Grand Prix, June twentieth. Eh oui. Six a.m. start time, so you got to be up early if you want to go hunting for that goose egg. <laughs> Six a.m. BC time, isn't that? That's right. So seven Alberta, and would it be eight? Saskatchewan time? No, no, still seven, still on the seven, seven Mountain, which means nine Eastern if you're on uh, the East Coast. Because I, I know I have a few people on the East Coast who listen to this, so that's well, for you if you're interested. Yeah, we, we've gr- this podcast cur- has grown. I'll tell you guys that. I'm real the curious. Podcast. Here's the weirdest place somebody's listened in from. Like uh, the most unexpected. I think it's Lithuania. According to my Spotify analytics, um, I have like five, I have five countries. That have listened to this podcast. Uh, obviously, all of North America, so Canada, Mexico, U.S., Brazil, Subcrisis, and Lithuania. Lithuania is the wa- wacky one for me. Yeah, Lithuania makes like no sense out of those. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, shout out to Lithuania. Though. Yeah, shout out to the, whoever whoever you you are, guy or gal in Lithuania. Unless you're you cool. just have a sick vpn that's just bouncing you from country to country and keeping you uh keeping your goings on on the down low in which case you're better at this than me (laughs) excellent um i guess with that it's time to move on to our second topic of the day or third if you uh because we went really good in hockey nick take us away with that mma action Combat sports in general. Yeah. Because um, the state of combat sports has been very interesting to watch over the last year from a bunch of different angles. We've seen MMA with no crowds. We've seen this YouTuber versus boxing movement that has happened lately. 
We've seen the rise of bare knuckle uh, MMA now lately, and those championships are riding, and we're seeing a lot of excitement. I honestly think right now is the most entertaining time to be a fan of, of combat sports. And Tony, by the end of this, I plan on getting you excited for combat sports, specifically for a guy who's fighting this weekend, because I know you'll absolutely love Israel Adesanya. But anyways, um, I, he's he, he's you're, you're, he's your guy, and I want to end on that. Okay, okay. Um, boxing is the one facet right now where there's more eyes on boxing than there has been in a long time, and I think it's for the worst right now. Um, we're seeing there's a lot of big names in boxing that are doing weird things. I don't like this YouTuber versus boxer thing that's happening like Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul you may have heard me kind of growling about it while I was talking about <laughs> it earlier it drove me nuts that a there's so many people who work their butts off in that sport like it, it is a difficult any combat sport is very difficult to make your way in and that you can deal with you know it, it, constant injuries you deal with you know a, a lot of internal pressure from yourself you're dealing with having to find good training partners and it's not easy to do that and it's a job that really you don't get paid unless you're getting the fights you deal with bad promoters and stuff like that and there's guys who have not gotten breaks but probably have the talent to be top level boxers who will never get a chance to fight somebody like Floyd Mayweather or a Canelo Alvarez or uh, Manny Pacquiao or anything like that. And yet here we are. There's a guy who is a YouTuber with a big platform. Who's lost his only fight ever as an amateur to another YouTuber who had barely trained. And he gets a shot at one of the greatest fighters of all time. Like that makes absolutely no sense. To me. And yeah. infuriates me, honestly. I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I want to, because I feel like Mayweather saw like a good chance for a lot of money out of this. And I think that's he why he definitely took the fight because his nickname is Moneybags Mayweather. Well, he's, he's, he's called himself the greatest ba- bank robber in world. The history. greatest he's, bank robber in world. History. He's not wrong though. Look at I the bank. But I'm curious to think here what you, your side of this, Tony, because like I said, I know you're not usually the biggest sports guy in the world, but uh, you know, it, 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 Obviously, you were paying attention to this a little bit too. Hey? I, you see, I'm the, I I kind of look at this a little, like I started looking at this way back when it was KSI versus the Paul, and because here's the thing, it I think that fight in particular got a lot of people brought a lot of people to the world of boxing. Mm-hmm. It absolutely did, and I think in that part it was good because I think it was like it, it you know it brings people to a sport that like people really only know if you watch Rocky. Really, because that's really like that's kind of my knowledge. That's all my knowledge was for boxing for a long, long time until like the Pacquiao and Mayweather fight that happened you know, a boxing, couple years ago. Boxing's still real big over in Europe. It's still getting a lot of attention out there. There's not a lot of American champions and things like that these days anymore. But it's it, it's it, I think this isn't ultimately not a good thing for the sport with the way things have been going. Um, I will never watch another fight hosted by trailer in my life. I don't know if you watched that uh, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, but that production was the biggest shit show I've ever seen in my life. 
it was a three hour boxing event or no, I think it was closer to six by the end of things that had four fights and about two hours worth of music or like eight, four hours worth of music. Like it was oh. ridiculous. And Pete Davidson was the best part of that entire thing. Yo, let's making- go Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the best part of the entire, entire event. But, um, boxing's in a weird state right now. And I, I, I don't know, there's not a lot of major hype around it per se, but it's building a lot of, it's building an opportunity for MMA. And the way I see things panning out right now, MMA is my favorite. It's, it's the spot I like to enjoy the most. I love a lot of the athletes and I think this is kind of pointing an opportunity Boxing's doing things wrong right now where they're paying guys a absolute crazy amount. There's a lot of drama, but the fights haven't been great. The the substance hasn't been there. MMA has the characters. They have the, um, they have the competition. Like they've got amazing people who are fighting right now, which is why I'm going to get you hooked on this, Tony. I swear to God, (laughs) Um, the, the competition level has been fantastic lately the thing that they're missing, there's two things that they're missing. Number one is making it available to people. The biggest sports in the world right now, you don't need to pay pay-per-view for. Yeah. And that to see the biggest matchups, like just, you, you know, imagine p- having to pay a pay-per-view to see a Super Bowl. I, I, okay. I'm actually going to add something that about pay-per-view. I think a big thing of MMA of, and when those fights happen is going to the pub with your friends to watch the fights. Absolutely. And with COVID and happening, so that's a huge hit in viewership. And, and we noticed something too, like, you know, being an MMA fan this whole year without having fans in the stands, you know, if you're a big MMA fan, it, for me, I, I appreciated it. I wouldn't say I preferred it, but I definitely appreciated being able to hear the corners talking to their guys in the middle of the fight and actually hearing these significant strikes land. Like it, it, it there's a little bit of me that's, I guess it's a, it sounds a little bit sick saying it sounds cool to hear a guy get kicked in the face, but you know, it, 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 it it gave you another element to the fight that you never really heard before. I think and it was, was another thing. level of immersion to it. It was so much fun. But the other thing that, uh, the, that MMA doesn't really have going for it right now is they're not paying their fighters quite enough. Uh, and that's a big issue that's going on right now. And when they can kind of get those two things settled, which they're kind of working against each other, that's when you'll start to see MMA get big. But for the people in MMA right now, it's such an exciting time. You have, living legends who are out of their career right now, but are so educated on the sport that they're commentating on it. Like Michael Bisping is fantastic as a commentator. So is uh, George St. Pierre, and he's doing a bunch of French commentary right now for people in Quebec and all of these fantastic personalities. And there's a lot of amazing personalities who are fighting right now. Three African champions who are all amazing. Like the, all three of them. And this is why I think I'm going to get you hooked. They're all their own version of an anime character in a sense. I mean, You've got Francis Ngannou, who is the scariest man on the planet, in my opinion. In one hand, he's got the same torque as a Ford Focus going 80 kilometers an hour, which is insane. And he's he's a heavyweight champion. He grew up as a sand or a salt miner in uh, I can't remember what country he's from, but I know he's from Africa. He grew up as a salt miner, shoveling sand or salt out of water for days on end, and is just this great humble guy still but is an absolute tank you've got the welterweight champion in kamaro uh kamaro uzman who is another one of those kind of no-nonsense fight kind of guys who is 
just really he's just a really really interesting human being and uh very very humble guy as well but also has that kind of cocky it factor to him and then there's the guy that you're gonna love tony israel adesanya okay so legit i just looked up i looked up on youtube anime mma anime and this dude comes up (laughs) first second video he He comes up i mean israel adesanya is one of my favorite fighters he's fighting this weekend actually um he's uh 20 and 0 in his weight class 20 20 and 1 all time his last fight was his first loss because he stepped up to light heavyweight to try and be a double champion which has been popular as well which that's something that's starting to become a thing too is more interdivision fights which is really fun to see but for a guy like israel adesanya is a perfect example to get somebody like you into fighting because like there was literally a fight where he's uh uh, he made like a reference to Naruto before yeah. he went into the fight. He was doing, uh, I can't, j- jutsus. That's what it's called, right? Oh, yeah, they're jutsus. Was, yeah. He was doing like jutsus while they were, uh, they were introducing his name. Um, there was another fight where oh he, there was a lot of animosity between him and, uh, who was he fighting that he just, there was, they were ready to kill each other. It was Paulo Costa. I think it was Paulo Costa. Um, he literally wrote his name in a death note before the fight. <laughs> let's go <laughs> and then he absolutely murdered him in the second round oh and it was a lot of fun like israel like there's just so this, many wow. amazing personalities that are still down to earth and humble about things they're bigger and larger than life and yet they're still these uh humble athletes who put the work in and stuff and it's just such a fun time to be a part of an be a mma fan right now like there's just so much great competition going on at least every weekend there's a fight and every two weeks there's a big blockbuster fight it feels like right now and i think right now if you're you know if there's one sport that you're looking to get into mma's got to be the way to go there's just so much going on it's so much fun i don't know how you couldn't get involved and get immersed into it real soon because it's just been so wild lately I will. I okay. You've you've this dude alone has sold me a little bit. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I'd he, get you with Izzy. He he sold me like I'm just waiting for this dude to actually go a real Super Saiyan, like in the ring. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> like everything starts to vibrate, and then his hair stands up, glowing gold. <laughs> and the other dude's just like, oh no. I think there is a YouTube edit of somewhere. Of, uh, I feel uh, like there. I, honestly, I feel like I could go down this rabbit hole of this dude alone and. Like uh, instantly, like I like the amount of thumbnails where it's like him and like a Naruto character, or just him with some anime stuff beside him. It's just like, oh my god, these people are going nuts over this guy. I lo- I love this. I'm all for this. I this knew is you great. Who's I knew guy? you would. But who's the guy? Oh, that did the um, he did like the kind of flying knee, shattered the guy's skull, and then like rolled a Pokemon ball at him. Uh, <laughs> is he? Is he did that too? I think was that Otisanya? Is he's he, done uh, some messed up stuff? He, he uh, like after the guy he... and like crushed the guy's like forehead in. And, like, I don't know. Was that Jorge Masvidal? Uh, here, that me, was Jorge Masvidal. Let me Google. He did that to, he did that to Ben Askren, who's the guy who fought Jake Paul, actually. Oh, which is why Jake, uh, why which is why a big part of why Jake Paul won that fight because Ben Askren's brain was still scrambled right. from that knee. Here we, here's um, what I got: um, MMA fighter Michael Venom Page celebrates KO by rolling a pokeball at opponents. That's the one I'm thinking. And whoever the guy that got it, like they show the x-ray of it. And it looks like if you were to rip up a piece of paper and then like try to kind of put it back together again, <laughs> and this is the guy's skull. 
You know, it's a brutal sport. And... Okay, the dude's putting on a Pokeball cap. Rolls, Yeah, he rolls the Pokeball. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does a pose. It's Here's the thing. Like, there's just so many great characters in MMA right now, and it's just so much fun to watch and so much fun to be kind of listening to all the drama and things like that that are going on. And you have, you know, past legends who, you know, this is sport that is still relatively new, but every legend in the sport is still alive and well and practicing and maybe not competing, but, you know, offering their commentary on this. And you're hearing so many amazing different perspectives from all these different people. It's just so much fun to be a part of right now. Yeah, it looks these these are like this is this is great. Like this is that this is. I'm entertained. <laughs> That's the plan. Uh, it's modern day gladiators. That, modern really day, good. yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's de- it's so definitely. Awesome. Anything else you want to throw in? Uh, UFC 263 this weekend. It's going to be a big one. Is Israel Adesanya is defending uh, his title in the middleweight division for the first time since he lost uh, his attempt at the light heavyweight division. That's going to be a great fight. Um, the other two fights that are on the card here, uh, Fig- Figuardo versus Moreno, too. That's a great rematch that I'm looking forward to as well. Also a belt on the line there. And uh, Leon Edwards, an up-and-comer in the UFC, who's got a lot of hype around him, is going up against the Wiley veteran who's returning, Nate Diaz. That's going to be a lot of fun, too. So uh, let me know if uh, you're watching these fights this weekend. Send me a message on Twitter or something. I don't know. And Nick, the radio guy. Cause I'm going to be watching them and I'm going to be having a lot of fun. With them. I'll definitely, I don't know if I'll catch them live cause I am working and got stuff planned, but I'll definitely watch highlights if I can find them. And let me know what you think, buddy. I, w- I absolutely will. I'm definitely going to try to find some time to watch some of those older highlights of this dude as well. Cause this just looks great. You'll love them. I, I, I'm excited. I'm, I can say for once in my life, I'm excited about a sport. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I don't say that often, but right now I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm Kind of giddy about that. that Told that's, you get that's wow. Um, okay, I guess with that, it's time for us to get in our closing thoughts with the bonus level. Now accessing the bonus level. And this week, we of course bring back top five. With a little bit of a fun top five for you. Top five mascots of sports teams. Oh, baby. Here we go. Who wants, to, who wants to take it off? Who wants to start? I made my own little top five, and I'll, I'll run through it and then let you guys um, discuss it if you want. So, number one, I don't think it, it goes, or, well, it goes without saying, number one mascot in any Calgary kid's life is Harvey the Hound, um, with almost without question. Now, number two, Gritty for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. I just, there's there hasn't been a more uh, fun and, like, kind of Philadelphia mascot like Gritty. Number three, the Stampeders horse, I don't know the name of the horse, the one that does the touchdown sprint, that once upon a time that horse was brought into the Royal York Hotel during Grey Cup weekend. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was going to say, if you don't know the horse's name, that shouldn't be on the list, but this story is warranted. So Yeah, yeah, classic Grey Cup Canadians just being fun-loving, but probably well-lubricated <laughs> on uh, one <laughs> of the great cup movie. weekends. And sure enough, up up the steps of the like the main entranceway comes this friggin' horse. And it's just, it's just called the Stampeder Touchdown Horse. Looking it up right now. Go. Because oh, their official go. mascot is Ralph the Dog. Oh, yep, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so then where am I at? Number four, Farley the Fox for the Calgary Hitman, just because I you know grew up 
pulling on his tail and stuff at Hitman Games. Um, and then last one, I was going to say Tony the Tiger, but Tony the Tiger is not a sports mascot. He's a serial <laughs> mascot. I mean, he is, he is kind of a sports mascot. If you think about it hard enough, he's always seen playing sports. It's true. He is great. But uh, <laughs> number, f- <laughs> number five for me is Jack the Giant, just because I used to play for them. And once upon a time, I got to put on the, the Jack the Giant uniform in the middle of summer and go up to Grouse Mountain and do like a, a full afternoon of sweating and uh, occasional oh. videoing. It was the worst, but it was also <laughs> fun. <laughs> so there's my top five. All right. Okay. Well, I can understand you uh, putting Calgary's mascot up to the top with memories and stuff like that. But let's be honest. The correct number one answer is Gritty. Gritty's just he, I mean, he's a close two. <laughs> he's he's a close amazing. Two. Gritty was and, also my number one because of just these crazy social media shenanigans are just nutty. Yeah, like and their he, marketing he, of him was perfect. Yeah, there really has not, there's been nothing wrong about Gritty. Everything has been perfect. He is my spirit animal. I love him. I would take a bullet for him. Um, number two for me is also from Philadelphia. How can you not love the Phil? Well, I, I understand why you can't know, love the Philadelphia fanatic, but he, I mean, he is the most sued mascot in sports, but <laughs> at the same time, that's a real stat. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, his antics are along the lines of gritty. He kind of like that. that there's a lot of, of the fanatic in gritty. I think gritty is just kind of the ironically, uh, ironic to say this, but the smoothed out version of the fanatic where there's a little bit more of, uh, I, I don't want to say let, or I don't want to say less chaos, but there's just a little bit more kind of planning and, yeah. and, and a little bit more deliberate intention with gritty i guess is the way to go with things um so those are my top two both in philadelphia you gotta love gritty you gotta love the fanatic um number three should be higher but he's not because of his recent redesign but my boy gainer the gopher i love gainer like you wouldn't believe and then they gave him those weird terrifying green eyes that stare into your soul and they made him skinny and it looks terrible Gritty would be high, or sorry, Gainer would be my number one on this list if it was still old Gainer. Gainer's That's my boy. True. I still have my stuffed Gainer. I have a stuffed Gainer, uh, a stuffed old Gainer that I've had since I was like probably 10 years old that still sits on the top of my couch because I love him. Um, number four, I got to send some love to some uh, baseball again here. I'm not even a big baseball fan, but the the running sausage or the racing sausages in, in Milwaukee. We've all seen clips of them. They of five gigantic sausage looking caricatures running around the field. Those never are not funny. Those are always hilarious in some way, shape or form. And I, I think it's always like fans in the stands technically. So I don't know if they technically count as a mascot, but like, it's just so fun to watch the hilarity and the, the clumsiness of people in these gigantic costumes, trying to race and push each other over that, how can you not love it? So much fun. <laughs> like the uh, Washington Nationals, how they have their presidents and they're like, yeah, their heads are like way oversized and they like just look goofy running down the field. Exactly. It's 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 the same kind of premise but in that. But I think Milwaukee's been doing it for longer. So I'm going to give them the love on it. And number five, I'm going to give a little bit of love to Benny the Bull in Chicago, the Chicago Bulls mascot, because he's been classic for how long? And you see. Whoever's in that suit has been 
very, very athletic every single iteration that they've had. He's doing dunks and stuff like that in the intermission. And I don't know if there's a more active mascot than there is with Benny the Bull. And it, he's just entertaining. You got to love him. So that's he's, my he's, top five. Okay. He's an acrobat. Those uh, like <laughs> the dunks when he jumps off the trampoline, does like a full flip or like a flip and a half. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's like, a good, it, that's it, good choice. With a gigantic head, like mascot head that's not falling off. Are you kidding me? Things got to be <laughs> bolted on. Uh, so for me, uh, obviously, as I said earlier, Gritty takes my number one, and Harvey the Hound took my number two. Of course, growing up as a Calgary boy, uh, going to the few hockey games I have gone to, I think as a young kid, I was one of those lucky kids who Harvey, uh, you know, put his mouth on the head of. Uh, if I remember, you, you know, you know. Oh yeah. When they when they try I to eat the kids, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> um. Uh, Benny the Bull was uh, on my list. I did have Benny on there. And I also, uh, my number four, um, because uh, they are my dad's NFL team, Mr. Sourdough Sam of the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm looking at this dude, and I'm like, man, I, I'm more in love with the fucking name. Sourdough Sam. <laughs> Who came up with that? That's something. Um, I'm not going to lie. There's hardly any NFL mascots that I know. I've never heard of Sourdough Sam until now, and now I'm looking him up just so I can find out why. I mean, he doesn't look like a baker. That's for sure. Nope. I mean, but then again, looks can be deceiving. Who knows? Maybe this dude likes to go bake. Uh, bake, bake some sourdough. Huh. Um, and my number five, kind of going on the lines of John with the Stampede Horse, it's going to be the future um, mascot for the Edmonton Elks, because also forgot to mention that in the news. Uh, Edmonton, they finally have a new CFL football name. It's the Elks. I, I'm waiting forward for the new deer that they're going to send running down the football the, the field <laughs> after every touchdown. Can you imagine instead of it, they just copy what Calgary does with the horse and they get an elk that they're riding around? For, for no, they're not touchdown. even riding around it. They just set an elk free and it's just <laughs> going around the field. <laughs> But also so the antlers up, up the just arrow. tearing up the 10-yard <laughs> line. <laughs> oh, God. Everyone's uh, trying to wrangle him, and he's just going crazier and crazier. Exactly. They have to all come sudden, up with a trank dart. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes Joe Rogan people. with a bow and arrow looking to hunt some elk. <laughs> but you can't see him because he's all camoed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Rogan. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's uh, top five mascots. Um, moving on to this this week in gaming and sports history, uh, June fourteenth to June twentieth. Here's what happened in the past. Um, we'll start with the gaming stuff, and then we'll do the sports stuff second. On uh, June fourteenth in gaming, uh, two thousand eleven, two K releases the infamous, now infamous, uh, probably worst game in history. Duke Nukem Forever for the PlayStation 3 and 360. Maybe not worst game in history, but with the amount of hype that was there, it definitely deserves that title. Yes. On the 15th in gaming, Microsoft released a Halo 3 Zune in GameStop stores as promotion for Halo 3. Weird. Remember Zune? Honestly, I've only heard of Zune since they stopped being a thing. Yeah. Uh, that's like, I don't that's, that's, I, the, I honestly, that's the funnier joke is like nobody remembers Zoom until after they stopped making them. I've never I honestly don't even know what they look like. I'm going to look I'm going to Google that right now. 
On the 16th, Sega cut the price in 1995. Uh, Sega cut the price of the Sega Saturn in Japan from 44,800 yen to 34,800 yen. On the 17th of 2003, Sonic Adventure DX is released for the GameCube in North America. First game I ever bought. Really? With my own money, yep. Nice. There's a... I kind of... I'm kind of... I do a lot of following with the Sonic uh, speedrunning communities right now. And uh, the the times... The Sonic... The, the skips in Sadix are crazy, dude. They break that game Here. hard. Huh. I might have to pull that game out sometime soon. I haven't played it in a long time. It's it's still a lot of fun. It still holds up. Uh, in my opinion, at least. Kind of. On the 18th in 2003, Capcom releases Resident Evil Dead Aim for the PlayStation 2 in the US or North America. On the 19th, Sonic Adventure 2 is released for the Dreamcast in the US. So they'll be... Sonic Adventure 2 is celebrating 20 years next week. Which have, leads a lot of fans to speculate that we might be seeing a Sonic Adventure Remaster Collection get revealed uh, between E3 and Summer Games Fest sometime. And thus was the end of the good Sonic 3D games. Yes. I mean, Heroes uh, hit or miss, depending on where you stand on that one, and then that's about it. Um, I'll also like Shadow the Hedgehog. So yeah, Shadow me. the Hedgehog. Where's that damn fourth Chaos Emerald? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> and on the 20th, 2017, House Marquee releases Next Machina for the PlayStation 4 in the in the in in North America. And now, taking going back to the start of the week in sports history, 1934, on the 14th, American boxer Max Baer uh, KOs defending champion Primo Canera of Italy in the 11th round at Madison Square Garden for the lineal world heavyweight title. Max Baer is the guy from uh, Cinderella Baby, Cinderella Man. Really? You know when uh, Russell Crowe is the, you know, when, oh, what's his wife's name? Renee Zellweger? Renee Zellweger? Zellweger? Anyway. <laughs> Cinderella man breaks his hand at the start of the movie and then he's got to work at the like down at the docks and then he finally gets his chance back in the boxing world and I think he goes up against Max Bear as like the big stud in the in the final fight. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, on the 15th, 1960, Angel Cordero Jr. wins his first of over 7,000 horse races as a jockey. That's insane in this world of sport that I know nothing about same that's a lot this dude this dude been slapping horses how many how many times do you think he slapped that horse's butt oh Uh, (laughs) assume about a hundred a race maybe maybe more i'm assuming i don't know i gotta think you think it's that much oh yeah (laughs) you you sound like you sound like you've had some experience john oh yeah towards (laughs) that last stretch though like i've seen a couple of races in uh in person but I feel like they're heavy on that whip towards the last straight. <laughs> Let's assume 70,000. Okay. Just for the wins. Okay. Um, on... my, uh, I'm not a mathematist, so that might be wrong. Maybe 700,000. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, the 16th in 1975, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, trade Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Walt Wesley to the LA Lakers for four players. You see, I was Uh, okay. Fun fact I want to share with you guys. I first learned about Kareem Abdul Jabbar 
on that reality diving show. I knew that was coming up. <laughs> I can't even remember the name of the show, but I knew he was on. It was it. like Splash or something. Yeah, it was something. Stupid. It was like it had. I know it had Drake Bell. It had Kareem. It had a couple others. It was weird. Also, before we move on to the next day, you should also mention this if you're talking sports history. 1968 in uh, on uh, the 16th, Jack Nicklaus won his first ever uh, PGA major title, actually, and he went on to be one of the greatest golfers yeah. of all time. And that was kind of the start of a real major career. Yes. Huge career, Jack Nicklaus. Green uh, jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, on the 17th, 1994... O.J. Simpson does not turn himself in on murder charges. L.A. police then chase his Ford Bronco for one and a half hours before he eventually gives up as seen on live TV. I don't know. Is there much to add about the O.J.? <laughs> I mean, aside from what was it? His book's called I Did It. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the funniest thing on the planet. Yes. That Broncos coming back. I think they redid it, and it's uh, like the 2020. It looks version. so good. I want one. I'm going to get pulled over. Uh, or I guess if you're driving a Bronco, they don't pull you over. They'll just behind you. There'll be like 40 cars behind you, just lights on. Just make sure you have a glove with you that's too small, and you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Did I forget to signal? Sorry, I was turning right. Is <laughs> that the lane change in an intersection? I apologize. <laughs> On the 18th, 2000, Tiger Woods wins his first U.S. Open by a major championship, record-setting 15 strokes over. God, that and I don't think good. it's ever been beat, has it? I don't know if it has. I genuinely don't know. And also kind of like the one sport I vaguely follow like the most of, thanks to uh, my addiction to Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2004. I'm taking enough. 15 strokes over over par on the front nine so <laughs> to, to compete in a tournament like nah too stressful no, thank you uh on the 19th 2006 the carolina hurricanes beat the edmonton oilers in the 4-3 series winning their first stanley cup cam Warren, and to the people who say that doesn't count because it was a lockout season shut up or was it no that was the that was 0405 was tampa that was Tampa the next year, wasn't it? For to shorten season after four oh five was the strike, yeah. Yeah. Oh three oh four was Tampa, those rats. <laughs> and on the twentieth, nineteen fifty, Joe DiMaggio hits his two thousandth hit. That's two thousand baseballs hit at least. That was like the glory era of, of, of ball, right? Like the 50s, I'm pretty the sure. 60s, all those names. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, also, and that, uh, on this day in 93, NBA Finals, Chicago Bulls became the first team since in over 30 years to win uh, three consecutive championships in the NBA. Let's go. Those, are those, that's Michael, the Michael Jordan days, right? Yes, yeah, that was and, he won MVP, his, uh, and he won MVP all three years. Let's go. Me. His league recommended uh, respite from basketball while they dealt with the gambling allegations. I'm just, uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> and, then like, he, and then he went to baseball. Everyone loves to, yeah, that everyone loves to talk about. <laughs> and then he went to baseball. It made for a cool little uh, change of pace for Space Jam, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
It was a great storyline in that movie oh. and did nothing else that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, the achievement of the week this week is in Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yeah. Also, some of the games that came out this week, because I completely forgot to mention, uh, Guilty Gear Strive, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade for the PlayStation 5, and Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart also for the PS5. Those are come out this week, or this, they came out this past week. So go play, check those out. The achievement of the week is in Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade, Ultima Weapon 2.0, which is to defeat the Pride and Joy Mark 0.5. Um, I've beaten the first no, Pride no. and Joy uh, boss in <laughs> the remake. It's hard. It's it's not hard. It's hard to get to him. Because I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit disappointed that your achievement of the week was not in a sports game. The, not there were no sports games that came out that, that last okay, week. Which I will. Here's your ma- here's your made up achievement of the week. It's in Mario Kart Double Dash. You got to beat the entire All Cup Tour without losing a single race on 150 CC. There you go. Go do it. I already. I've done that already. I do that once. I do that once a year. Every let's year. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, okay. So real quick, Mario Kart. Do you guys think that? Uh, uh, no, this might be. This might get dated. This might age like milk. Who knows? You guys think they're going to announce a new Mario Kart at E3? I, I hope so. No. I hope so. I, I, I don't know if I could say yet. I want news on Metroid Prime 4. That's all I want, for the love of God. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I, I think we might get some. I think uh, I think we might get some on Tuesday. Even just give me the trilogy on the Switch, and I'll be happy. Yeah. It's like, hey, sorry, it's still working on it, but this will tie you over for now. Please, for the love of God. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, the game to look out for from the... Uh, I didn't even give it to one of the two games. Whatever they announce at E3, get excited for it. You know what? Be excited. Because that's what video games are all about. And uh, here is this week's Chicken Update. I'm Michael Jordan. Stop it. Get some help. Thanks for that update, Mike. John, Nick, thank you for joining me on the third annual sports episode. It was my pleasure. Question. I'm glad that we could I could be a part of it. This was a lot of fun. And John, you seem like a good dude. I'm look. I hope we can do this again sometime. All this sports talk. I got my hands sweating again. I feel like I could go out and uh, <laughs> I heard you run for a good four to three, four to five minutes, and then call it a day and say I'm, I'm good for the week. <laughs> got my sports fix. No, this has been good. It's raining outside, so I'm just gonna go stick my head under the rain and say I'm sweating. <laughs> Where can we find you guys on the internet? Let's hit you, buddy. Uh, okay, uh, you can find me mostly on Twitter talking about junior hockey and the SJHL and MMA uh, at Nick the Radio Guy. That's the best way to get a hold of me. For me, uh, best place on Instagram, Flats Magats. Uh, and then on Twitter, I think it's JFYYC2019. That's when I made it. <laughs> I don't think Flats Magats. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and of course you can find me over at uh, Twitch and Instagram at Tony's Game Lounge and on Twitter at Radio Tony. Thank you, boys. It's I, I always have a blast doing the sports episodes. It's the one t- one time a season where we change things up. And it's always a it's always great to, for me. I learn so much. I get to hear people who love sports a lot more than I do just talk about like a huge passion of theirs. Uh, thank you once again for joining. Thank you, the viewer, for listening in. And we will see you next week with our E3 Roundup coverage right here in the Game Lounge. Yeah, yeah. There's nice chairs here in the lounge.
Thank you for listening to Tony's Sporting Lounge. You can find all social media links in the episode description. Be sure to follow the podcast on your streaming platform for new episodes and follow Tony's Game Lounge on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch for weekly updates. 